All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at New Eastern. And then there was one, as in one Stanley Cup playoff spot remaining. The field is nearly set. 15 out of 16 teams have clinched a berth in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are set to drop the puck on Monday. Today is Wednesday, April 27th. Welcome into the Daily Faceoff Show. He is former Vancouver Canucks assistant GM and chief legal officer, Chris Gear. Chris, how's it going? It's going great. You know, as much as I'm excited for the playoffs to start, I'm uh, I'm going to miss this season. There were so many great individual performances and some good races down to the end. It was uh, it's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, you know, it's funny for a season that seems to have dragged on these last three weeks. We're really getting the payoff for it now this week with some of these races, as you mentioned, coming down to the wire. Let's throw two minutes and thirty seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with that. Ridiculous game last night between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. So much on the line. The Golden Knights are able to get it to overtime, surviving uh, and and just keeping their season alive here. You look at the scenario heading into last night. Had they lost in regulation, their season would have essentially been over. The Dallas Stars would have clinched. The 16-team field would have been set. And instead, Chris, perhaps fittingly enough, we get a three-point game with the Dallas Stars prevailing in a shootout, which makes the math a little bit overwhelming for the Vegas Golden Knights. When you take a look at their scenario, it comes down to essentially one point. That's the magic number for the Stars. One point gained by the Stars over their final two games, getting one of these two games either tonight or Friday to overtime. 
or the Vegas Golden Knights losing one point at any point over their final two games is enough to clinch the playoff spot for the Dallas Stars. And oh, by the way, pretty big injury looming large today for the Nashville Predators, potentially with goaltender UC Soros going down in the final minutes of their game as they end up clinching after blowing a literal last-second lead to the Calgary Flames. What stands out to you about last night, Chris? Well, the fact that that game went to uh, the seventh round of the shootout was was really dramatic, right? It's it's exactly what you expected out of that game, and you know both uh, both goaltenders made some some great saves, uh, Thompson and Onger in that shootout. So it was uh, it was pretty exciting uh, finish, and, and you know what? That, that shootout almost was indicative of, of Vegas's entire season, right? They had so many chances to put the game away and to win and to get that point. And they didn't do it. And there's been so many games in the past month where, you know, that they've given up points when they should have just been able to put it away. So, uh, you know, I think I think Vegas is done. Uh, when you look at Dallas, they've got two games left. They're both at home. They play Arizona and then Anaheim. You know, if they can't get one point uh, out of those two games at home, you know, they, they don't deserve to be there. So I think they're going to pick up at least the one and. Uh, it's going to be uh, lights out for Vegas. And Vegas has kind of been the team, the villain this year, and, and everybody uh, loves to hate on Vegas. So I think there's going to be a lot of people uh, secretly smiling when that finally happens. Yeah, it's been amazing to see the reaction. The Golden Knights have become the NHL's heel, as you mentioned, the villain. I think games and, and sports are always better when there is a, a rivalry, a villain out there. But in this case, I think there's a lot of people upset about the way the things have unfolded, especially in the last week or two with Robin Leonard and the comments from Pete DeBoer, who uh, sprinkled a little bit of gasoline on that fire uh, heading into Tuesday night's game. Logan Thompson and Nett. Man, uh, tough season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's see what they can do over these last couple games, see if they can somehow pull out a miracle. But playoff chances-wise, probabilities, it, it's looking like Dallas had a 99% shot to get in, given the math that we talked about, pretty overwhelming. But, Chris, there's still a lot to play for tonight. Uh, we mentioned that playoff scenario. There's still a number of matchups. When you take a look at the uh, playoff matchup board and where things stand currently, there's a number of things that still aren't locked in. Like, I don't know, every matchup in the Eastern Conference, you see the teams that are indicated in white. They are not locked into their spot. What stands out about the races coming down to the wire in the East for you, for me, it's Pittsburgh absolutely limping to the finish line. The Washington Capitals actually have a better points percentage. They have two games remaining. The Penguins have one. Uh, the Caps weren't able to make up any ground with a loss on Tuesday night, but with Pittsburgh also getting romped by the Islanders, they had a real opening there to slide into that spot uh, in the three spot there, which as we see, isn't locked in even the matchup between the Lightning and the the Leafs, it's looking likely, but also not completely closed the door yet because the Boston Bruins could still slide into that spot. Yeah, I mean Washington's looked looked pretty good the last few weeks. They were they were the one team that didn't really do much at the deadline, and the one team of the eight in the Eastern Conference where people really thought kind of they were the afterthought, and they might even be caught by a team down the stretch, but. They've, they've solidified their position and they've looked pretty good while Pittsburgh has has been kind of dismal, actually. But the one that really um, that I'm really curious about is is who gets to play Toronto or who Toronto gets to play. Um, 
you know, the Leafs have lost five first rounds in a row and they really need to get, uh, to get a win in a series to really help that franchise get to the next level. And, you know, whether it's Tampa or whether it's Boston, those are pretty daunting. You're either playing the Stanley cup champs, uh, two-time cup champs, or you're playing a team that has given you fits in recent years. So to me, finding out, uh, how that unfolds and then how the Leafs, uh, how the Leafs perform against either one of those opponents is really uh, exciting for me. Yeah, I think no matter which way you look at it, Chris, the Leafs are appointment viewing in the first round because either there's going to be lots of drama if they lose for a sixth straight year in the first round, or if they're somehow able to slay the Dragon in Tampa and the two-time defending cup champs, you sort of get that monkey off your back. But at the same time, your next round is a treat likely against the Florida Panthers. So uh, yeah. no easy route uh, to get to round three if you're in the Atlantic division. And we talked briefly about the Calgary Flames and the Nashville Predators. We saw that matchup again on Tuesday night. Uh, it feels like that series could be an absolute bloodbath if those two teams end up squaring off. And some really damaging news, we, we touched on uh, the Nashville Predators, and you saw UC Soros leaving the ice of Vezina Trophy candidate. Um, you know, he's in a spot where he can put weight on his, it seemed like his one leg there, leaving the ice. Uh, David Riddick comes in, leaves a little bit to be desired, albeit a tough spot to jump in. Um, but, I, you know, just sources indicating to me nothing firm yet, but that this could be a pretty significant injury for UC Saro. So I think the Preds are waiting on some more information today, but uh, we'll keep an eye on, on that scenario as it continues to unfold. Let's talk about the Art Ross and Rocket Richard trophy race. Austin Matthews, we talked about the Leafs, hits 60 goals. The first NHL player to hit 60 goals in a season since Steven Stamkos did it. And man, it's been... An unbelievable year for Austin Matthews, 60 goals in 73 games. And you look at um, basically where things stand at this point. Leon Dreisaitl, five goals back with just a couple games to play for both these two teams. It seems like not only is the Rocket Richard race over, but also the Art Ross Trophy race as well after uh, Connor McDavid ripped off a four-point night, now up to 122 on the season. He leads the league in points per game, uh, has a sizable seven-point edge over Jonathan Huberto of the Florida Panthers for the second spot. And Chris, it feels like, I know this is not a Hart Trophy debate, but it feels like for whatever reason, people have not been talking enough about Connor McDavid and his candidacy. John Tavares saying after the game, I know he knows he's biased, but he doesn't think it's close that Austin Matthews should be the guy. Well, both guys have had incredible seasons. And, you know, it's funny, a week ago, uh, we were on the show talking about Huberto taking the lead in the Art Ross uh, by one point. And I made the comment that I think, you know, McDavid will just take that as a challenge and, and blow him away the rest of the way. And that's kind of what's happened. Uh, you know, McDavid's just too good a player. And, and you knew that at the end of the day, he was going to find a way to, to fish on top. Um, and you talk about Matthews. I mean, if he doesn't miss a few games with suspension and a few games with, with injury, he's going to be at 65 or 70. I mean, he is such a, a dominant goal scorer. Uh, we did a piece recently in the Daily Faceoff Roundtable about greatest goal scorers of all time. And I think you made the point that, you know, 10 years from now, we might be talking about Matthews in that conversation. He's that dominant. So both these guys are incredible. And and yeah, 122 points. And yet McDavid 
is kind of a forgotten man this year. We're talking about so many other players and, and he's an afterthought. It's, it's crazy. It's just when you're that good, the expectation is maybe 150 from him. So it's, uh, it's a bit wild. Yeah, it is crazy. Now, should the games missed for Matthews matter? If you were voting, it, you know, Matthews has missed about 10% of the season now. And when you look at it, would you have to say that McDavid or Matthews needed to be 110%, essentially 10% better than everyone else in order to win the award? Or would the games missed not matter to you? That's a good question. Um, you know, depending on how how close it was at the end, but you know, 60 points or 60 goals is such a rare feat. You know, obviously we haven't seen it since Stamkos over 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, his production can stand on its own, even with the missed games. So I, I get your point, but I think at the end of the day, um, you, you look at the achievement uh, regardless of the number of games. And so I think he's close. I, I, I wouldn't have him uh, number one on, on my heart ballot, but, uh, but I, I wouldn't hold it against him, no. Yeah, interesting. I, I really still ballots are due on Monday. I have no clue where I'm heading with the heart. I want to see how things wrap up. Um, Connor McDavid, as I mentioned, has set a new career high in goals and points this year, probably inarguably the best player you know in the world. And yet he's done that, set new marks, and and yet all of a sudden people really aren't you know, spending a lot of time talking about his heart trophy candidacy. And I don't want to leave out some other guys that are squarely in the mix. Johnny Gaudreau, where would the Minnesota Wild be? Are they a wild card team if Kirill Kaprizov isn't there doing what he's done? Roman Yossi and the Preds, uh, those seem to be my five guys. I just don't know which order yet. So uh, as we mentioned with the seedings and the matchups and also the playoff berths, there's still some scoring things and, and hard trophy races and other things that need to be determined here over the last three days of the regular season. Crazy enough. Let's talk, Chris, about uh, the Buffalo Sabres as we continue our down and out series, looking at some of the non-playoff teams to close out the regular season. And my question to you is when you're looking at the Sabres and the way that this year has unfolded, they've gotten significant fight from their group over these last 20 to 30 games, which is a really promising sign for Don Granato and his team. Would you be encouraged if you're a Sabres fan or discouraged? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally encouraged by where the Sabres are at now. And it's taken an awfully long time, right? Uh, I wrote a piece about this last week, actually, for Daily Faceoff. It's been it, it, over the last 10 years, the Sabres have not finished any higher than 23rd in the league. They're actually going to finish 24th uh, this season based on where they sit today. Um, that, that's just that's an atrocious 10-year period. But when you look at the what they've done now, um, moving on from Eichel, bringing back Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs and picks. And, you know, I think they're out of place. Tage Thompson really shot out of a cannon this year and he might hit 40 goals. Uh, Skinner had a rebound year. Ocposo had a rebound year. Uh, Olafson's still a, a, a good player. And, you know, Darlene and now Owen Powell. Like, I think they're starting to build uh, enough young pieces and, you know, some veterans that are, you know, hopefully uh, back to, to, to where they should be. And this is a team that I, that I do think can has an outside chance at challenging for a playoff spot next year. They're, they're definitely uh, on the upswing and I don't, I don't foresee any more of these 23, 24, 30, 31 finishes in the next uh, five or six years. 
Man, it feels you? like we've been saying that forever, though, that the Sabres, this next year is going to be the year, and it's gone on and on and on. But I will say that that trade for Jack Eichel is looking awfully good. I think the Sabres have way exceeded expectations in the sense that, you know, you look at Alex Tuck coming in. I think he really helped transform Cage Thompson's season. You saw the confidence that exploded after that. You see the 38 points in 48 games for Tuck. You see that Krebs is looking like he's going to be a player after starting uh, after the trade in the AHL. And so things are blossoming. You know, there's just a lot of uh, teams to jump over, I think, in order to get to where they want to get to. The things that we're asking about the Sabres um, are probably similar in terms of what we're looking at in a team like the Ottawa Senators. When is the year that they're going to take that next step, take the jump? And I, I can't help but look at the Sabres and say, well, the Sens are just another obstacle that's in your way in order to become a playoff team. I think the Sens are much better organized in terms of depth, positional strength, all those different types of things that, you know, it's hard to see a path forward, at least in the immediate future, the short term for the Sabres to get there. Let's get to the next wave with Chris Peters, who will be joining us from Germany at the Under-18 World Championship. That's right. Pleased to welcome back to the Daily Faceoff show, Chris Peters, for another edition of The Next Wave, delivered by DoorDash. Chris, as I mentioned, is in Germany covering the Under-18 World Championship for Daily Faceoff and his own site, Hockey Sense. Uh, Chris, wanted to start with this. Uh, you know, as you've take, gotten a chance to take stock uh, in this tournament, which players to you have really helped their draft stock uh, and which players are really on the rise at this point? for this upcoming draft. Yeah, well, it's it's been a really unique tournament in in regards to there only being three preliminary round games. So it's been a little bit of a shorter time frame for these guys to get it going. So if you didn't have it going early, you're going to have a real hard time to get out of, you know, get a, get a favorable quarterfinal matchup. So some of the guys that have really popped for me so far in this tournament are the guys that started the hottest, obviously. And you've got Isaac Howard for Team USA. He's leading the tournament or tied for the tournament lead in scoring. He had six points through the first two games, including a four-goal game against Canada. He's a guy whose draft style kind of fluctuated throughout the season. He's one of the top scorers for the National Team Development Program, but he's a little bit lighter and a little bit undersized, and that's why you know there's been a little bit of maybe he doesn't you know does he is he a high first is he a no? But I think here he stated his claim of being one of the top players and being a potential first first round pick. The other guy you see there, Yuri Kulich. He's been one of the big revelations of this tournament. He had a hat trick against Canada and the Czechia's win against uh, against the Canadians. And that was an incredible performance from him. He had a couple of goals against Germany. He's really been a power play threat with the, the, his goal scoring ability and uh, just absolutely bombing one timer. He played all year in the Czech Pro League, not a place where you're going to find a lot of production. So that. That didn't really help him that much. But he had a really good showing in the two games of the World Juniors before it was shut down. And now this tournament, I think he's starting to sneak up those boards a little bit more, closer maybe fringe first round. Um, and then there, there are quite a few other guys. You know, Logan Cooley, you see on there, he's a top guy. But uh, some of the other guys that have really helped themselves, Rutger McGordy, uh, Team USA's captain, he's got four goals so far. He's really looked solid in a, in a two-way game. He's big. He's mean. You see the 27 penalty minutes there, which he got for 
a game misconduct for a cross check. Um, you know, he, he's got a lot of that kind of grit and grime to his game that really is valuable. And then one guy who's kind of, he, he's probably not going to be a first round draft pick because he's an undersized defenseman, but he's really smart. And that's Matias Havlid. I've always liked watching him play. I think he's a very smooth puck moving defenseman. He's been sweet one defenseman here at this tournament. He's the guy that they put out there whenever they need to stop, whenever they need to move pucks. So I've been really impressed with the, that group of guys. And, and certainly there's a host of others, but it's a short program. We'll move on. Chris, if we just focus for a second on Team Canada, uh, crushed in their first game against the U.S., looks like they rebounded nicely against Germany and then another setback against the Czechs. What what do you see in them and what's um, what's sort of causing these early struggles in the preliminary round? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always important to contextualize Canada in the tournament because they, they don't always have all the best players that they can have. And this year, it's particularly bad because they don't have in the QMJHL. They have the CH, the OHL and WHL playoffs ongoing, so players are missing from there. It's not the strongest birth year to begin with. And so when you have all that, you, you're really up against it. But they do have Connor Bedard. They do have Adam Fantilli. Um, they have some really good players. Owen Pickering's a potential first rounder. Um, you know, so they they have talent on their team. But defensively, they've really struggled. They've got a pretty young decor. It's not overly big. It's not overly nasty. They, they've gotten overwhelmed by teams. They've gotten lost in their own zone quite a bit, held up, and much of a chance. And so now they've got to play Finland in the quarterfinals, and that's a tough matchup. Finland did just lose to Sweden, but I think the Finns are one of the better teams here collectively. They have a really good decor. They have uh, they've gotten good, decent enough goaltending, and then they have forwards that can score. Uh, they have been dealing with some illness going through the team, though the non-COVID. It's they've had some Joachim Kamel, who's a first rounder, uh, missed a game. Um, they, their top goalie missed a game, so that's a one concern for them. But I, I think that Canada would still be disappointed, even though they knew they were up against it with how they had to pick their team. They need they needed to be better. Uh, but Connor Bedard and, and Adam Fantilli have been very good. Uh, Fantilli has three points, but he but he only has um, he, he only has uh, he's got twenty two shots on goal, so he's generating chances. And those guys have consistently been playing very well for each other, as, as you see him there. You know, Bedard five points already. He had fourteen points in the last tournament. Um, and then he, he didn't get on the score sheet against Czechia, which was a big surprise after he was so dominant and had a hat trick against Germany and, and had two points against the U.S. Um, but Fantilli, these are the two guys that are the future. This is the 23 draft. You know, the 2023 draft, these two guys are going to be among the top three picks. I think there's there's really no doubt about it. Fantilli heading to Michigan this year. Bedard going back to Regina for his third WHL season after 51 goals and 100 points this year. So really excited to see what they can can those two guys put Canada on their back? That's kind of what's going to have to happen. Yeah, interesting. Lots of eyes on Bedard and Fantilli, but there's also one other guy in the 2024 draft that's turning some heads. We don't talk about a ton of 15 year olds in this tournament, but what have you seen from Aaron Kiviharju, the youngest player ever to represent Finland in this tournament? Yeah, Kivi Haru, there's a lot of hype coming in around him. All the Finnish scouts I talked to are really excited about him. He's not a big guy. He's kind of small. We'll see if he'll if he'll uh, get, get grow a little bit, but he had 30 points in the top U20 league this year at 15 years old. 
Um, you know, I, I was thinking back at some of the great Finns that have, that have played in this tournament, and, and none of those guys were were playing at 15, which is kind of amazing. So uh, Kiviarhu has three assists so far. He's been basically a top-pairing defenseman for Finland here, playing a lot with uh, Kolonomi, who is a, a guy that probably is a second- or third-round draft pick for this year's draft. Um, and they've gotten a lot of minutes. He's, he's often out there on the power play. You'll see him. Um, you know, making plays, making moves, great vision, great passing, good hands. Uh, the only real concern at this point is the size because I think he's got good feet. Um, maybe if he gets a little more burst in his skating, the size won't be as big of an issue, but he thinks the game at an extremely high level at this young age. And to see a player at this level perform as he has, has been really special. Yeah, we hear that a lot, Chris. The only concern is the size. Scouts really still do seem to uh, scout with a team. Still matters. Yeah, (laughs) interesting. So uh, thank you to Chris. This has been great. Check out all of Chris's coverage on dailyfaceoff.com throughout the tournament. He will be in Germany through the weekend to May 1st. Uh, Thank you so much to Chris. This has been another edition of The Next Wave. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. DFODD if you're in Canada. DFODD if you're in the United States. So many games happening. So much action in the NHL. You don't want to cook. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Chris, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. And Dallas Stars forward Jason Robertson was the 14th player to hit the 40-goal mark this season in the NHL. An unbelievable run. So when you take a look at these 14 40-goal scorers this year, a number of them that have hit the 50-goal mark already, but who stands out to you as the surprise? Who would you not have picked to have hit 40 goals before the season started? For me, no question about it, it's Matt Duchesne. Uh, Duchesne is a player that I've, I've always enjoyed watching. He's, you know, he's silky smooth and he's got great playmaking ability. But uh, the last two years, he's just kind of fallen off the map. It never seemed like it was a fit in Nashville. He had uh, 13 goals in his first season there and only six last year in the shortened season. So for him to rebound and get 42 and counting this year, I mean, it, it's... It came out of nowhere. Um, if that had happened a few years ago, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. But uh, just after the last two seasons he's had and and the fact that Nashville typically isn't a, a high scoring team, uh, that one that one surprised me for sure. How about you? Yeah, that's a great pick. Yes. I mean, you look at this stat board here, six goals last season. He's looking now like the player that David Poyle, the Preds GM, had pined for for so long. It was like he had tried to get his hands on Duchesne forever and couldn't do it, then got him. And I was like, oh, man, this seems to be a little bit of a disaster. And he's rebounded quite nicely this season. For me, the guy is Jason Robertson. You take a look at his last year hitting 17 goals to get from 17, even in a shortened year, to 40. Uh, is quite a jump. You see, he was a second-round pick, not nearly the top prospect uh, heralded even from his own family. You think about his brother Nick and the Toronto Maple Leafs, so much hype around him joining that organization that it seems like people stop thinking about or talking about Jason Robertson. He's been the guy that's helped make that top line go with Pavelski and Rupe Hints. The one real line that's been going for the Dallas Stars all season long, all those guys right in that similar 75-point range this season. And so Robertson has been a bit of a revelation, and he's come a long way. We had Mike McKenna on the Daily Faceoff show earlier this season talking about 
the moment when Robertson arrived it, when McKenna was playing for the Texas Stars in the AHL. And it was one of those things where Robertson had to be sent home because he wasn't in good enough shape to join the team. So he's come a long way, uh, certainly worked in his development and has hit the ground running this season. 40 goals, quite a step up from 17 last and, year. And we're not done with 40 goal scorers, right? We've yeah, there's, what, four or five that are knocking on the door at 39. So, uh, as we said, all throughout the show, still a lot to play for here in these last three days of the regular season. Let's get to Tyler Remchuk for our Daily Faceoff Daily Bet segment. Tyler, how'd you do last night? Uh, it wasn't a great night. We finished down 0.7 units. We nailed the parlay and nailed the Canucks minus one and a half. Missed on the Rangers, missed on both assist props as well, but look to bounce back tonight. It's actually a pretty interesting night around the NHL with some pretty big favorites. So let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with that matchup up at the top. Yes, the Kings have a playoff spot locked up and they know exactly who they're playing as well. They're the three seed taken on the Oilers, but still, I think this is a Kings team who's been up and down for the last few months and they're really going to be focusing on making sure they're playing their best hockey going into the playoffs. So I love this matchup for them taking on the Seattle Kraken. It's a Kraken team that just lost 5-2 last night to the Vancouver Canucks. And they're 3-9 and nine this season when playing the second half of back-to-backs. The Kings are rested. I think plus 145, it's a juicy puck line bet. But I really like this spot for the LA Kings. My second play going below there to the Dallas Stars taking on the Arizona Coyotes. Dallas can lock up a playoff spot with a win like we talked about earlier. The puck line minus 180. I don't love that. So I'm actually taking their team total. It set at three and a half goals and it's paying minus 160. So you're getting a little bit of better value there. And I mean, if the stars are going to win by two, they're probably putting up four goals in this game. So I like taking the team total versus the puck line, just getting a little bit of better value on that bet. For my player prop today, I'm going, so I'm sticking with this Dallas game and I'm taking Joe Pavelski over half an assist. It's paying plus money at 105. And he's hit this in five in a row. Again, the Stars should have no problems putting up offense against this Arizona team. So far in April, the Yotes are giving up a league worth 4.92 goals against per game. And when they play on the second night of back-to-backs this season, they average 3.88 goals against per game. So Arizona, or sorry, Dallas should very easily be able to put up four goals. And I like Pavelski to extend his assist streak to six games tonight. As, uh, hopefully the Stars can score four, and hopefully the Kings can cover the puck line as well, and we can uh, roll through our Wednesday with a nice sweep. Also, Frank, Raptors to force a Game 7 against your Sixers. I love that bet. Good take. Mm, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I also went on Sportsnet the other day on Tim and Friends and held up a Sixers jersey before Game 5 and said Sixers by 20. So that didn't that really go? work out so well. <laughs> Joel Embiid's thumb injury looms large as well. Uh, let's get to garbage time with Chris Gear. Chris, what's caught your attention? What's caught your eye from around the NHL? I cede the floor to you. Yeah, I want to talk about Steven Stamkos. So last night, another three-point game to make it five three-point games in a row. First guy to do that since Yari Curry in the 80s. Uh, hit the 100-point milestone for the first time in his career. Uh, a career year after all of the ups and downs that Stamkos has had in his career. You remember the blood clotting that threatened to potentially end his career. Uh, and then a couple of injuries later on, um, you know, kind of became the forgotten man, not just in the NHL, but even on his own team. You had Kucherov and Braden Point and so many stars that kind of became the focal point for Tampa. And this year, Stamkos has basically said, not so fast. I'm still here. And, uh, 
you know, you look back at his stat line, he's always been, you know, above a point per game or right around a point per game. So I guess it's no, it shouldn't be a surprise that, that he's done this this year. But I think just with the, the injuries and again, that, that blood clotting and just how close he came to, to not being uh, around in the league and, and to do this this season, just, just spectacular. And I think uh, he deserves some extra kudos. Yeah, I did not see this being the year, Chris, that he would hit the century mark for the first time in his career to have a career year at his age. And also just a special season for all the milestones that were hit along the way, becoming the Tampa Bay franchise scoring leader. Uh, A nice video tribute from Marty St. Louis, who passed the torch to Stamkos uh, just about a week or 10 days ago. So uh, couple that with the run that they've been on in Tampa and how strong they're looking to go for a three-peat Man, it's uh, quite the resume that Steven Stamkos has put together in Tampa. A first ballot Hall of Famer certainly looks to be trending in that direction. So that'll do it for this edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Thanks to Chris Gear, Thanks to Chris Peters joining us from Munich, Germany, as well as Tyler Remchuk and our technical producer, Alex Allard. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. Throughout the playoff chase, the final three days of the regular season, we've made it. We're almost there. We'll be back again tomorrow, Thursday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.